Well, Merry Christmas. It is great to have you here as we celebrate Christmas. This is one of my favorite uh, services of the year, and we've done six of them today. And I also wanted to say, it's been amazing. You've experienced a Christmas miracle. Because how else could we get everybody in this room for six services? We haven't had to use any of our overflow rooms. We asked people to choose the first two or the last two if they could, and you did. And so everyone could be in this room. So... Thank God for everything that's happening here. Um, I want to share with you, and as I thought about, uh, as God entrusts people to us each weekend, I wanted to really seek him and ask what you would have us uh, talk about when we talk about Jesus coming to this world. And I was, as I was reading the account in the book of Luke, I came across Luke chapter 1, verse 79. It's a great verse that really tells us why we need the light of Jesus in our lives. And here's what it says. It says to give light to those who sit in darkness, in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Zechariah actually quoted this from the Old Testament because it would be completely filled, fulfilled in the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and the reasons that Jesus were, was born into this world are threefold. Number one, this passage says, he came to shine light to those who sit in darkness. He came to bring hope to those who are at the shadow of death. And he came to guide our feet in the way of peace. Jesus was showing each of us how much he loves us by doing these three things. Because when someone loves you, they tell the truth to you. When someone loves you, they bring hope to your life. When someone loves you, they're, they walk in peace with you. Now, our world need, and each of our lives need these three things. So let's talk about each one of them, and let's celebrate Jesus in the process. The first one is that Jesus came to reveal the truth to us. Look at that in that passage again. Let me just highlight those words. To give light to those who sit in darkness. What this means is that Jesus came to shine the light or truth about us and the world around us. He also came to shine the truth about God and how we could be restored in a relationship with him. The scriptures share that when we don't know about something, we sit in darkness. When we don't know the details of something, we tend to say, don't leave me in the dark. Come on, let me know what's going on here. Or when we finally understand, we go, ah, the light came on. It's just that, that figurative speech of, of light bringing understanding and meaning to life. There are many things we could disagree about tonight. But one thing I think we could all agree on is that this world is stuck in darkness. As we just dim the lights here, I want, I want to just share, you know, because each year passes with headlines and stories that build the case from distant nations to our own neighborhoods. Things are not as they should be. This year, wars continued to be waged. International tensions became heightened. Terrorist activities increased. It seems the truth, uh, that the truth is, in many cases, stranger than fiction. But it's not just around us. It's actually in us. Things are not as they should be. Life falls short of our expectation. Things are unjust. It's unfair. It's broken. And although we may disagree on why the world is in darkness, we're all confronted every day with the reality that we live in a dark world. And as we sit in the darkness, we need the light of Jesus. 
Now, God has a history of shining light in dark places. He sees our darkness. He shines the truth of his light in our darkness. I love it how Genesis 1 begins. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Light came into our world. And when Jesus was born on John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, John introduces Jesus as he says this. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. When Jesus was born, God was shining that light into our world. He was revealing the truth about us. It's dark, he said, but I will bring the light of Jesus. And living in a dark world, it's easy to make judgments about what's wrong. And it's even too, too easy to, to blame uh, like political parties or religious group or a race. And we say things like the problem with our world is this. The problem with the world are those people. And although the problems are, of our society are linked to darkness, the issue, the light that Jesus uh, addresses is very personal. It's the problem within each of us. It's called sin. We would rather live away from God than with him. The God who took on flesh to be with us, we would rather be without. John describes it this way. He says in John three nineteen, he says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. We would rather build our own little kingdoms than being a part of the kingdom of God. We would rather sit in the darkness by ourselves than to live with God in the light. And yet the invitation of Jesus is offered to all of us. He has come to give light to those who sit in darkness. He said in John twelve forty six, he said, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And as I talk about a personal darkness with people as a pastor, here's what I find. No one really wants to know how dark we actually are. We're afraid of our own realities. So we prop it up with different successes, with a grade point average, with accomplishments. We prop it up with Facebook posts that say to everyone else, look at how awesome my life is. We hide it behind clothing. We hide it behind a smile. Yet we live in the fear of being exposed. We fear being vulnerable. We're afraid of the dark that's within us. And no one wants to address it. So without the light of Jesus, we tend to be very slow with picking up on our own sin. But I also become quick to see it in others. It reminds me of a story of three pastors flying on a, on a plane, uh, coming back from a pastor's conference. And at the conference, they talked about integrity and telling the truth about yourself. And the first pastor says, I just think it's important for all of us just to confess our greatest sin to each other. Maybe this will help us. So he says, my greatest sin is stealing. Each week when I count the offering, I take some cash and I pocket it. I'm not proud of it, but my church hasn't given me a raise in six years. So I have it coming. The second pastor blurts out, my greatest sin is that I abuse alcohol. I mean, if people knew how much a pastor, how much stress a pastor is under, I mean, everyone would drink. The third pastor is quiet. First preacher says to him, hey, come on. We, we told you our worst sins. Now you have to tell us yours. Third pastor says, my greatest sin is that I gossip on Facebook. And I can't wait to get internet access when this plane lands. 
We tend to minimize the truth in ourselves and maximize the brokenness in others. But God sees, excuse me, how about that for a beetle in your mouth on Christmas Eve? God sees the darkness in us and he chose to shine the light of his salvation. He calls us out of darkness and into his glorious light. And he lovingly does this. He shows us our problems, but he also takes care of our problems. Instead of hiding from this light, we really need to run to his light. And he doesn't just reveal the sin. He actually gives relief for our sin in the person of Christ. Early last year, I had this nasty toothache. And it just changed everything about my outlook on life. And I was so, so upset and so bothered by this one tooth. Anytime I drank something hot or drank drank something cold, I mean, through the roof, Alice, I was just, I just came, came unglued. And so I called the dentist. Now, we don't usually like to call the dentist in those types of moments. We, we kind of go, we don't, we don't go kids, hey, for spring break, we're going to see the dentist and everyone's excited about that. But when our tooth is hurting, we make the call. And this is what my dentist did. He gave me some time right away, thankfully. And he shined some light inside my mouth. He said, well, let me shine some other light. And then light and he took an x-ray, which actually showed the whole composition of the tooth. It showed the roots. It showed the, um, the nerves. And he said, you need a root canal. And I went, yippee, or something like that. <laughs> and within an hour, he relieved the pain. And I thought about that. We may not like to go to the dentist, but when we're hurting, we're ready to sign up. We're ready to say, do whatever you need to do to alleviate this pain. And we are so thankful when it's done. And I just realized in my own life and in yours, we don't always like to deal with the pain of darkness. And yet when we come to Jesus, he offers us great relief. Jesus shows us our reality, but But then he comes to our relief. And that's why this relief in Jesus is called good news. As light, Jesus reveals the truth about us, but also truth about the love of God. And the truth is, at the very moment your sin is exposed, his salvation is provided. And when the light comes on you, you realize two things. You are fully known, and yet you're completely loved. You don't have to sit in the darkness anymore. Respond to the light of the truth of Jesus. Secondly, Jesus came to bring us hope. Look at those words again in Luke chapter 1, verse 79. It says this, To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Those are strong words to describe the darkest moments of our lives. Jesus brings light or hope to us at the moment of our deepest need. Ever since we walked away from him, he has been offering hope. Hope are in the words of of, uh, Psalm 23, one of the most well-known comfort psalms in the Bible. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death in your life, fear is a major challenge. It can take a hold of you and terrify you. What do you fear the most? For some, it might be a diagnosis. For others, it might be literally the shadow of death. So much of our lives is lived on fear. You know, fearing things not working out for you or spinning out of control in your life. 
We fear rejection. We are afraid a relationship's going to end. We're afraid our kids will have a poor ACT score. We're afraid our kids won't make the select team or get voted off the eighth grade popularity island. We're afraid of a rejection letter from an employer or having to pay the bills or having enough to retire. I've realized we're more anxious today than when we've than we've ever been. I've struggled with worry and anxiety in my own life. And it's a constant invitation by God when I go through this to to move my life or to seek one of two directions. When situations arise and my mind begins to process and overprocess and I begin to worry, I can choose to worry without Jesus or I can put my hope in Jesus. The ultimate promise of hope is that Jesus gives me light in the shadow of death. Some of us have lost loved ones this year. And this season kind of heightens the loss and the despair in our lives. Especially as we see other happy families around us who appear to have lost no one at all and have it all. Well, you can have the hope of Jesus in the shadow of death. You can live with the hope of Jesus as the light of your life. Enter Jesus into Bethlehem. In his name, it says in Matthew 12, 21, the Gentiles will hope. Jesus can give hope to those in the shadow of death. How does he do it? I love what Paul says in 2 Timothy 1, verse 10. He says, now he has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who, catch this, abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Jesus literally abolished death. He brought eternal life to light. The shadow of death, your worst moment, can lose its sway in your life through Jesus. We need Jesus to take away the sway of our worst moment. And because Jesus brings hope in the shadow of death, we can be people who live in the light. Many people believe this message is only for a spiritual value. And it only applies to our personal lives. But I believe this light of Jesus offers hope spiritually, socially, even economically, because his light brings hope wherever we're willing to take it. I think one of the great moments of hope for our church family recently has been this thing we've done this Christmas called Affordable Christmas. It's a wonderful blessing to be a part of it. We went out, or you went out, and purchased over 500 gifts for people who live in poverty in the, in the High Crest neighborhood. Throughout the year, families in that community earned what's called net bucks or coupons that they could save and then cash in for these Christmas presents that you bought. It really helped them play a part in providing Christmas for their families. And they, you, you shared, uh, their, their gifts with them. You, they gave you different names and requests for the families. And as people of hope, you went out and not only purchased the gifts, many of you showed up and you met these families and you wrapped their gifts with them and you, you shared the Christmas story with them. You prayed for them. You know, you walk away from an experience like this, thankful, hopeful, to see a smile or, or to meet a new friend by sharing the love of Jesus with them. The hope of the gospel is not just personal. It's for everyone. The hope of Jesus is more powerful than we realize. It invites us into the gospel of hope for each and every one of us around us. 
Now, I think about this, and the families, before they left, were, would write on one of those ornaments, and they would, they would put up a prayer request about what they wanted from God for Christmas this year. And we built this whole tree around these requests and helped us pray for people. And one of the families wrote this, peace with my family. How many of us want peace with our families? Because that's the other thing that Jesus came to give us. The light of Jesus also guides us into peace. And I found that we're either walking in the dark or in the light. And Jesus came to guide our feet out of darkness and into light. What does it look like to walk in the light? What does it look like to walk on the way of peace? Well, many times throughout scriptures, God uses the use of feet to refer to our direction in our lives. And one thing you can't do in darkness, you can't run. You can barely walk. Darkness kind of forces you to creep. Everything slows down in the dark. With the light, your eyes guide you, your peripheral vision guides you. But in the dark, your feet take on new senses. They begin to feel their way around. Your hands take over to begin to touch your way around. Your emotions kind of get elevated and you don't really know what's out there. I have one of these places. It's called a hallway downstairs. Sometimes when I'm here late at night and I, I'm uh, the last person here and I'll turn off all the lights, I've got to turn off the lights and I walk down this dark hallway downstairs. I'm 50 years old. And my, my, my heart rate starts peaking as I'm walking down this empty, dark hallway. And I, my imagination starts to take over like, who came in during the day and they're hiding out here so that they can attack me? Or is David Hinkle lurking in the shadows there around ready to scare me? And so I pick up my phone and I'm acting like I'm talking to the police. And yes, 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 I'm here at the church. Everything looks okay. And, and the thing about it is then I turn on the light. And there's something about the light is that all what I don't know, all that fear is taken away. And I see reality. I see what it is. And I'm not afraid anymore. I wish I could tell you I got over it. This is still a truth in my life. You know, with the light of Jesus, you may be going through a difficult time right now, such that you feel lost in life. You feel like you're in the dark and you need guidance. And even ask it to God, God, what would you have me do? What direction would you have me go? Maybe you're in the middle of a conflict. Maybe you're angry or frustrated with someone. Jesus came to guide your feet in the way of peace. Peace is one of our greatest longings. I believe it's one of the greatest longings of the human heart. In our hurried and harried culture, the search for peace is what gathers us in places like this. We really want the the peace of Jesus. In John 8, 12, it says this. Jesus spoke and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus came to give us peace with God, peace with others, peace within. True peace with God is the result of following Jesus. Jesus always guides our feet into peace. And if we follow him, we experience more peace with God, more peace with ourselves, and more peace with others around us. So we talked about why we need the light of Jesus. And the reality is we really need his truth in our lives. We need his hope in our lives. We need his peace in our lives. 
How do we respond? Well, because Jesus came to shine the light of truth in our lives, we need to accept that truth. There needs to be a time in our lives where we say, God, I see what you see. It's, it's not easy, but I see what you see, and I see my sin and how it darkens my view of you and everything good and everything you've created. I also see the light of Jesus. The same one who reveals my reality is the one who gives me relief from my sin through forgiveness. It's time for us to realize that we're not only just fully known, but we get our arms around and our minds around that we're completely loved by this Jesus. It may be uh, that, that uh, you re- as you receive this truth, that you also turn from the darkness of sin to the light of forgiveness and redemption of Jesus. That's what it means to respond to the truth of Jesus. The second thing is we need to trust in his hope. Since Jesus came to shine the light of truth in the shadow of death, we, some of us literally may be going through a shadow of death. Some of us may be overwhelmed by fear and anxiety. Trust Jesus as your hope. Hope for the next minute. Hope for the next hour. Hope for the next day. Hope for the next week. Have a moment where you say, I will hope in who you are and what you have promised to be in me through Jesus. Once you have the hope of Jesus, bless others. Be that person of hope wherever God wants you to bring it. It may be in your family. It may be in your workplace. Maybe in your neighborhood or in a very dark place. His hope brings light wherever we're willing to shine it. Walk in peace. Since that's the third thing Jesus came to do is to guide our feet in peace. Follow him. Are you hurried? Are you worried? Are you angry? You don't have the resources to fight the urge for revenge or retribution. You need the peace of Jesus. Allow him to guide your feet in the way of peace. Seek his peace in the darkness of your life. Walk in the light by following Jesus. Folks, this is how God loves us. He tells us the truth. He brings us hope. He guides us in peace. And this is how you love. You shine his truth throughout your life. You share his hope. You walk in his peace in a dark world. And as we do this together, we respond to the call of Jesus who looked at his disciples and said, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine that others might see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Maybe this Christmas Eve, the light for you came on. A light for you that realized that God's not just pointing a finger at you. He's also reaching down with a strong arm of salvation and will save you if you simply call upon him. Call out to him right now. Say, God, I get it. You see my sin, but you also, through your love, give me salvation. I trust it's Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for that. God, you came to give me hope. I'll hope in you. God, you called me to follow you in peace. I want to be a person of peace. And if that is you, salvation has come to your life. You now have the greatest gift you've ever been given and the ever, ever you could receive. Trust him. We'd like to come alongside of you. So and as you take these first steps in truth, in hope, in peace. So please stop by our welcome center. We have some materials for you and we'd love to encourage you on that. For us, let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for sending your son to this world to give us the truth, 
to bring us into hope and to guide us in peace. May we be people who live this truth in our dark world. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.